You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Welcome to Faith FM. You are joined by myself, Lawson. See across from me, we've got my good friend, Denny Malenkov. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88. And right now, it is time to get into the show. Denny! How are you doing this morning? I'm praising the Lord, top of the world, <laughs> having a fun time. Yes. So excited that I'm on the breakfast show. Yeah, wow. we're so happy to jo- for you to join us. Of course, uh, you're usually spending time on radio in the afternoon. That's of right. Wednesday. That's right. You know, looking up and whatnot with Sharissa Tarosian. But now. I'm double dipping today. Yeah, that's How right. exciting. Mate, you're do, doing a day poor on shell, radio. Poor Shell. Poor Shell. Spare a thought for Shell. She's got to deal with me <laughs> twice. <laughs> But anyway, and on Valentine's Day, yeah, of all day, oh, oh, you can't cute. make this stuff up. Poor Shell, poor Shell. <laughs> Lucky I remembered to wish my wife a uh, happy Valentine's Day. Have you remembered? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to remember? Yeah, yeah. Yes, Daddy, oh, I remembered wow, that it was wow, Valentine's wow, Day. Wow. So, oh, big day for Lawson today, <laughs> folk. Keep him in your thoughts. Keep him in your thoughts. Huge day for Lawson today. The biggest day of his life so far, of his young life. I'm telling you, the guy, he was glowing this morning when I came in, and I'm thinking, wow, it's all going down. It's all going down. That's so good. That's... I'm dying. I mean, I, uh, yeah, praise God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Make sure to, uh, wish your, your significant others. Uh, yeah, look, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good day. Oh, it's going to be a top, day, top I, day. I'm sure you guys uh, uh, have amazing things planned with your significant others and whatnot. So, yeah, guys. Even if it's uh, a dog. Even uh, if it's just a dog. Even or, or a plant, you know. Anything. People are treating their plants really well these days. I do. We've got Danny Syndrome <laughs> in the studio this morning. But... Did you say even your plant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, people are really looking after their plants these these days. Oh, like, man. they're really about oh. it. Hey, we've got uh, some amazing news well, wish coming your- up. Great your pet rock happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. That was Riley Clements with Miracle. Right now, we are going to get into our first quiz question. Hey, Denny, mm. would you be able to get this one for me, please? Love to, love to. Who used to? This term rock of our salvation to describe God. Who Ooh. used this term rock of our salvation to describe God? Who hey, was it? Who used that term? If you know the answer, you can give us a text at 0491-064-669 and you'll be able to win in our prize draw where we spin the wheel at the end of the week. Two incredible books. I've got one here, Hearts of Fire 2, as well as Trouble on the Way. Both of these books were supplied to us by Voice of the Martyrs and are about Christian persecution. Mm. Trouble on the Way, talking about the life of persecution, getting into the theme of persecution. Hearts of Fire, talking about the stories of those who have lived through persecution, the way that Jesus was able to work in their situations to yeah help them to overcome and to be saved in persecution. Just amazing stuff. We want to give both of these to you absolutely for free. They're fantastic books. The only way to be able to win them, though, is to give us a text at that number, 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, who used the term rock of our salvation to describe God? 0491 064 
six six nine. And we do need to be praying for the people right now who are being persecuted around Absolutely. the world. Absolutely, um, we shared on our Faith FM Looking Up show a couple of weeks ago that about five thousand have lost their lives in 2023. Wow. Um, these are conservative estimates mm. around the world mm. and uh, a great majority of them in Nigeria in particular yeah. that um, is under heavy persecution mm. uh, when it comes to Christianity. And so we need to be keeping our brothers and our sisters in prayer because mm. they, they, they're they going through the fire right mm. now as we speak. Absolutely. Um, We're going to have Tony Benjamin on the show later this week to... And, uh, yeah, from Voice of the Martyrs. Oh, so wow. It's, it's going to be really fantastic. Hey, uh, moving on, getting into some, some, some interesting news. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Danny, do you like sandwiches? Oh, I love sandwiches yeah. um, because that's about all I know how to make. Um, I'm a hopeless cook. I'm a hopeless cook. And it's Valentine's Day today, so, yeah. like, I'm really nervous how my wife's going to find, um, you know, <laughs> an appetite for my cereal. And usually doesn't go very well, and I don't think this year's going to be any different. So yeah, sandwiches is basically yeah. all I know how to make. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Okay, what's like your favorite? Like if you were like making a go-to sandwich, like putting a filling on, what what would you? Go okay, for? well, basically whatever my wife makes and puts in the freezer. Oh, she classic. makes these wonderful veggie patties mm-hmm. uh, made of uh, lentils. These lentil veggie patties, which are my favorite, mm-hmm. and so I pull them out of the freezer, defrost oh, them, yum. and then I. You know, chuck them in. Yeah, put a bit on the on the fry pan. You know what I mean? Yeah, warm yeah, them yeah, up, yeah. warm it up. Not microwave. I don't know if you use the microwave. It's just dodgy as the yeah. microwave. Yeah, it just makes it go soft and soft. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Yucky, Whereas the fryer pan, you know, just oh, makes it crisp go, it up, crisp it up, crisp Sear it. Up. That's it. And then I'll put it in a wrap. Put those in a wrap and just put the basic salads in there. And oh, with yum. tons of avocado, like tons of av- avocado is my like my favorite friend. Mm. So anyway, and that's what I love. That's what you like, dude. I I am with you right there. But did you know in Western Australia, mm. a particular sandwich filling has been banned from oh. consumption for children, mm-hmm. and that is ham and cheese. You're kidding. That is fantastic news because ham ham is bad news. Ham is don't ba- get ham any fork on your pork. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think pork on your fork. No, don't get the fork on your pork. <laughs> yeah. keep, keep it away. Keep yeah, it away. That's, right. that's right. That's right. In Western Australia, they have banned ham and cheese sandwiches in school canteens. Wow. Uh, they have classified ham and cheese sandwiches. They use a traffic light system. It's like there's green foods, like foods that are good to mm, eat, mm-hmm. yellow foods, foods that should be eaten eaten in moderation, and then there's red foods, foods that should be like like barely eaten at all, like just... Never. Rarely special treats and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And ham and cheese sandwiches have been put into the red category mm-hmm. and are now being removed from school canteens in Western Australia. Praise the Lord. Praise and the Lord. that's great because ham, firstly, ham is gross. Like it's, it's yuck and, <laughs> and trichonitis is disgusting and yeah, all those things. Yeah. But second. So if you're having any ham strips for breakfast, think again. <laughs> yeah. But secondarily as well, it, I would no, wholeheartedly it's, it's, say that it is against the counsel and the is. wisdom of the Bible to to eat ham sandwiches. Like it's, it's just gross. So it it is. But also, there was an article that came out. It was actually a huge uh, a huge study that came hmm. through, and it was published in the Lancet 
journal. Mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Lancet Journal. It's one of the leading medical journals on the planet. This was a number of years ago, and I remember because I subscribed to Time Magazine, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And on the front cover, it was the War on Delicious. Yeah. That was the front cover, the War on Delicious. Yeah, wow. And they showed in this study, this comprehensive study, the greatest of its kind ever, that um, – yeah, bacon and processed meats and so forth mm. are, are one of the leading cancer-causing uh, mm. meats. Mm-hmm. They're like a number one carcinogen. Yeah, They're like, like right at the top of the list. So God told us that some three and a half thousand years ago. That's right. In the scriptures. But now science has confirmed that, you know, keep that pork away from your fork. That's yeah. the bottom line. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, Leviticus 11 is where we yeah. see the Deuteronomy first 14 specific well. outlining mm. of it. But I would say, you know, the law of clean and unclean came in from the from the moment they would consume meat, mm. clean and unclean came in. We see this when they're getting onto the ark and God mm. makes a stipulation at that time. We're talking about Genesis 6, right? Yeah. God is making a stipulation between clean and unclean. This predates the Jews. This predates ceremonial laws. Like there was just a natural clean and a natural unclean, you know, in these animals. Mm. And then we see those stipulations made clearer in the Bible, Leviticus 11, Deuteronomy 14, as you've said. There are people who challenge that idea. They look particularly at either, uh, I would say the real, the, the best challenge you could possibly have is that of Acts 10. But when you read Acts 10 and, and you see Peter, he sees... It's not a challenge at all. It, absolutely. He sees the, the sheet, right? And he sees the unclean animals yeah. and, and God says to him, Peter arise, you know, kill and eat, and he says, "No, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean." Which, by the way, you know, people look at some of the accounts, uh, some of the advice from Jesus in Mark seven, where mm. Jesus says, "Like, oh, it's not what a man puts in that can defile mm. him, but what he puts out." And, and they say, "Oh, look, see here, the Bible clearly says that we can eat unclean food." Yet. Peter, like years and years after that moment that Jesus said that to him, still hasn't eaten unclean meat. So it's like, oh, is God really trying to convince Peter here on whether meat is clean and unclean? But we see the case is in Acts 10, you go down to verse 28 in the greater context of the story. You know, God is trying to convince him to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. That's right. And that's how he himself implies it. it says then he said to them you know how unlawful it is for a jewish man to keep company with mm. or go to one from another nation but god has shown me that i should not call any man common or unclean mm. and so he, he peter directly uh he directly you know applies this to humans and we also see like if if what I'm saying here is like wrong, you know, if I'm if I'm just making this up, oh Peter applied this only to humans, well then just show me the instance in which Peter ate unclean food. Mm. And you won't see it anywhere. Like no. you see neither Jesus nor his disciples eat unclean food anywhere in the accounts of the Bible. Like the immediate application is of this isn't I can eat unclean food. Guys, let's have a feast of pig, like or shellfish or whatever. Like you just don't see those accounts. And then I think the the second strong argument from the New Testament, you know, people go to Romans 14. Uh, this is Paul in Romans 14, 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean in itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. It says, oh, see, like we can mm. pick and choose what's clean and unclean. Uh, but it's interesting here. The word unclean mm. is translated from the word koinos, mm-hmm. uh, which the word koinos is translated in the rest of the New Testament as common, not mm. unclean. And we see they're two different concepts. And, you know, when you go into to the Greek commentaries and the lexicon, they, they distinguish these concepts. You've got, uh, like, 
cleanliness, mm. like in terms of, you know, like being showered and clean or dirty. You've got ritual cleanliness. You've got then this concept of common or coinos, which is basically that uh, when things would, when they would interact with the Gentiles, things would become common. Say, let's say if I had uh, a pasture and in mm-hmm. my pasture was, I had 10 sheep and I was a Jew and then my 10 Jewish sheep like hung out with 10 sheep that were From owned, my, that were owned by a Gentile, right? Like me. Yeah, like yeah. it was owned by Denny, the yeah. Gentile, Denny mm-hmm. the Gentile. If my sheep hung out with your sheep, mm-hmm. even though they're all sheep, my sheep would become common mm-hmm. because they were owned by, by you. Uh, a Gentile, and even though I, I'm not Jewish, guys, so you know this. Not, <laughs> we're, both, we're both we're both common. We're both Gentiles, and so what it's translating here in Romans fourteen fourteen and as, as unclean is actually the word common. And what you know Paul is clearly trying to say, and how he applies this in Romans fourteen in First Corinthians as well, is the idea and the concept of you know sacrificing to idols and whatnot. He's like, guys, I don't even believe in these idols. Like, sure, the, like I'm I'm at this time writing to the Romans, and he's writing to Jewish people. Hey, you want to eat? Food prepared by, uh, prepared by, you know, Gentiles in Rome. Do it. Like it's just, it's, it's food. It's, it's clean. It's fine. Uh, there is no coinos. There is no common. And so, it's. Uh, I say that all that, all that to say, it's good news that they're not serving ham and cheese sandwiches in, in the WA cantines because <laughs> ham is gross and it's, it hasn't been given to us by God to eat. He's and if I could just add better. this little thing, yeah. uh, the Bible speaks of those who eat um, the swine's flesh as committing an abomination before yeah. God. It uses that word in Isaiah 66. And whenever God uses the word abomination, Old Testament, New Testament, God never, ever, I'll give someone a million dollars to show me otherwise, goes back on that, where yeah. it says the abomination is no longer an abomination. And in Revelation 21 and 22, those who pursue and commit abominations and take on board abominations will not be in the New Jerusalem. End of story, yeah. bottom line. So for me, that's like the nail in Absolutely. the coffin of the pork um, and ham debate yeah. or any unclean meat. Really. That's right. And I, I would say, you know, in the end, it's like, oh, you guys are trying to be restrictive. No, we're trying to share the Bible because God loves us so much that he's... He only wants the best for he's us. He's told us, he hey, wants the best he's told us three and a half thousand years ago, hey, do you not want to get cancer? Don't eat pork. Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's really good advice. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. By my mate Denny and uh, myself Lawson, we're going to get into our second quiz question. If you can get that for us, Denny. All right, quiz question number two. When Moses asked the people to bring offerings to help build the tabernacle, what did the people bring? So mm. that's a good question. I'll repeat that. When Moses asked the people to bring offerings to help build the temple. What did the people bring? So what kind of offering did they bring, does the Bible tell us? Yeah, absolutely. If you know the answer to that one, of course, our two amazing prizes for this week. We got Hearts of Fire 2 as well as Trouble on the Way, all about Christian persecution. And as as you said in the last segment, it comes with a great reminder to pray for those in persecution mm. as we're seeing. Well, more people are being persecuted right now than than, you know, in recent times, yeah. uh, the numbers are just going up, the persecution. And it's not so much only those who have, have their houses burnt down or who mm. are killed or put in prison, but, uh, you know, this soft persecution, as they call yeah. it, which not necessarily always soft, but being persecuted, not, not having the ability and the freedom to pursue certain jobs, um, get into certain universities, and just that discrimination that mm. takes place. I mean, in China, 
uh, you mm. know, the underground church, uh, there are those who suffer heavy persecution yeah. and are jailed and are those who are, are continually um, being, being ostracized mm. and, uh, you know, being marginalized because of their faith. Yeah, absolutely. And we have the ability, you know, these stories really highlight those. And they'll be a blessing to you as well, mm. as well as to participate in, you know, supporting organizations who are trying to help these Christians. And, and I love like... Open Doors is, is one. Open Doors, mm. Voice of the Martyrs. Yes. And I love particularly like with, with Voice of the Martyrs, and we'll have Tony Benjamin on later mm. this week to, to speak to us. What I love about Voice of the Martyrs is their solution to persecution isn't, okay, let's just like evacuate the Christians who are being persecuted. Oh. Even though at times they have like when Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, they were like literally work. They had people, they're organizing Christians escape because at that time it was like they're just rounding them up and killing him. But for the most part, they are enabling the Christians to continue the mission in those areas because that's what Christians like Christians there are wanting to do. They're wanting to reach people with the gospel. Mm. And so it's, it's beautiful that these, uh, these organizations are helping the gospel spread uh, despite those difficulties. Listening to the breakfast show this morning. Hey, Denny, what is happening in the world of current news? Well, what isn't happening is probably the the more appropriate question. There's mm. so much going on, and uh, this afternoon, yeah, we will certainly highlight uh, a lot more developments mm. that are taking place. I mean, we're only in February, yeah, and literally wow. the, the year's got off like to a flyer. The, An it's absolute end-time prophetic flyer. Dude. you got to have your seatbelt on, brother. you just got to have your seatbelt Absolutely. on, otherwise you're going to fall out. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very much, there's I think so much going on for, for the last, rapidly. For the last 20 years, especially coming into an election year, like in oh, the yeah, United States, huge, it just, huge, just gets huge, massive. Huge, eh? huge. 2024 is going to be a big year. I was just mm. listening to a podcast last night. I was driving home from Musclebrook where I'm running a program. Oh, Have you heard of Musclebrook? Oh, of course I've heard of Musclebrook. Musclebrook. Bro, it's a happening place. Yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, the other day, I'm telling you, it was entertainment all around. We had this guy on a dirt bike and I thought of you. <laughs> A guy on a dirt bike flying up and down the streets there, just going past the church with the cops pursuing him in a hot pursuit. He was while having, you were speaking. No, no, while I was speaking. This is just before the program. <laughs> so this was kind of like the, you know, the crowd breaker or whatever you want to call it. Um, so we were just outside. The program was about to start in about five, ten minutes or so. so and all of a sudden I'm hearing this dirt bike just zipping along and the cops are just, you know, one cop car is just like, you know, ha- flying past and uh, chasing this guy. And I mean, you know, you know, Used to ride bikes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Dirt, Well, did you ever ride dirt bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, grew okay. up riding dirt bikes. Dirt bikes, you know, they, they can manoeuvre anywhere. And yeah. this guy's just going here, there and everywhere and, um, <laughs> you know, just having fun with the cops. But anyway, that, that was in Musclebrook. So anyway, I'm there um, this coming Thursday as well, running in my Discover Hope series this coming Thursday, Musclebrook, Seventh-day Adventist Church, just a quick plug, and on the Saturday as well. But back to what's been happening in the world, yeah, there's a lot of – stuff going on this this is a bit of a humorous one but it just shows you really where we're at okay um you're familiar with uh this idea of individuals now being able to change their gender of course okay all right i think we're all we're all very familiar with that and that's Mm. happening more and more more laws are being drafted up so that people can change their gender Mm. um and now even teenagers uh, mm. from about the age of 16, I think they're proposing some laws. Yeah, that they can legally change. They can legally yeah. change their gender. All right. 
Now, this takes it to the next step. Okay, just think, just when you think you've heard everything mm. and you cannot be shocked, mm. here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. You're holding on. Wait, wait I'm You're holding on. Wide okay. Open. This um, news item came from one of my favorite news platforms, an Indian news platform, which okay. is a bit different yeah. to our traditional. It's called Weon mm. News. And on February 4, they published uh, this article entitled British MP suggests dead people should be able to change their gender. Excuse me? Now, that's what I thought you would say. Now, let me just read to you from the article. A Labour MP of Parliament <laughs> what? in the air. Uh, in the UK, okay, yeah. this this is not Joe Biden speaking. Yeah, this just in case, this is not from the US. <laughs> um, with all respect to the president of the most powerful, I, I just nation. I just find this is really interesting because the current leader of you know the you know Britain, the UK, yeah, yeah. you've got Rishi Sunak. Yeah, he gets on stage and he says a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Yeah, exactly. So you've got definitely got this opposition taking place. You do, there. you do, and this is a little bit out there. It's this, wild. this this is way out into left field. It's almost impossible to find it. Mm-hmm. A Labour MP of Parliament. Um, in the UK has called for the law to be modified to allow dead people to change their gender in official records after death. How you do that, I've got no idea. If some of our listeners can help us understand how once you're dead, you have the capacity to change your gender Mm. Um, if you so desire, if you've got a change of mind, I'm not sure how that works. Anyway, let, let me keep reading here. It says, Charlotte Nichols, the MP representative for Warrington North, in a written question to the Parliament last month, put forth the request. Nichols asked if the Gender Recognition Act of 2004 could be changed to allow transgender people who are deceased to be legally remembered by their gender they live by. So I think it's probably asking the question, and it could be that, you know, on the death certificate, mm. you have their original mm. gender yeah. of birth. But in the meantime, they may have changed it, mm-hmm. right, because they felt that way. And so she's saying that on the death certificate, maybe we need to include their new gender, mm. if that's the case. If that's the case, that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Otherwise, if the dead person... Has access. <laughs> we don't believe in ghosts, bro. Like <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like the last time I checked, the Bible says the dead know no, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. The living know that they're going to die, but the dead know mm. nothing. So anyway, uh, Nichols' request was shut down by Stuart Andrew, the Qualities Minister, who said the government had no further plans to amend the act. Good. <laughs> so I mean, these these things are just telling us where the world is at. You know, we, we are, we're in a place where people just don't know literally whether they're Arthur or Martha, as we say. We used to say that kind of like, you know, we knew that you didn't know where you were at if you, you didn't need, need, need to know where you're Martha or Martha. But now it's, it's more than that. Now, on a, on a more important note, I want to talk about, um, briefly that there is more and more of a push for having a day off. Each week, yes. okay, Sunday legislation. Mm. Um, there is there is so much more. I've got article after article um, speaking of now is the time to put this idea on the table. Mm. Really, really important. There was one that just came out uh, just the other day in a U.S. Catholic magazine that claimed that the Sabbath Sunday issue is now on the table. Mm. There was um, in the U.K., 
a car dealership, one of the largest car dealership, have decided to close their car dealership on Sunday, believe it or not. Mm. Like this is one of the biggest days of business, Saturday and Sunday. They're closing their dealerships right across the UK on a Sunday to provide time for families to engage with one another. Okay, that's something really, really big, um, enhancing this work-life balance for its mm. employees. We're going to talk about that. Unions in the UK, there's a lot of stuff happening in the UK, mm. not just people who are dead able to change their gender, <laughs> but unions will create chaos was this headline this weekend with their Sunday ban on England's transportation infrastructure. That's wow. huge because so many people use the, the train on Sunday. And so then you've got um, the Spanish uh, one of the Spanish politicians comes to Rome and says, the Pope is the world's greatest ambassador when it comes to promoting fewer work days and more time for rest. So now it's all really starting to, to, to go, to go full. And we're not even talking about the, the Washington Post article mm. looking to revive this, this Sabbath rest that mm. we so desperately need. So it's interesting to see how things are really ramping up as we head to that final showdown. And I can't wait because Absolutely. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was More Than Rubies with Shepherd God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, joined by myself, Lawson, got my good friend, Denny, across the desk from me, as well as, as usual, Shell on the desk, getting it done. Dude, we love DJ Shell. And the work that she's doing, particularly with these awesome songs that are being played. Hey, right now we're going to have our next quiz question. It is simply this. Haman's hatred towards Mordecai was so strong that he determined to do what? What did Haman want to do uh, because of Mordecai? He hated Mordecai, really disliked this guy. So what was his what was his resolve from that? He's like, oh, I'm going to go and do something. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Our prizes for this week, if you text that number, you'll go into the draw to win Hearts of Fire and Trouble on the Way, both of these amazing books about pers- persecution. Again, that number, 0491-064-669. Haman's hatred towards Mordecai was so strong that he determined to do what? You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM. And right now joining us on the phone, we have none other than our favorite uh, resident mental health expert. (laughs) We've got Jennifer Skews. Jennifer, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well, thank you, which is good news. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, how how is this Valentine's Day shaping up for you? Oh, well, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. <laughs> the most I get is a welcome from my cats. Oh, <laughs> cute. They love me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing, amazing. Oh, well, it's great to hear from you. And I'm keen and excited to get a profile of what we're, what we're looking at today, you know, in regards to mental health. What's our focus? Well, I thought we might focus on trust. So, and it was something, yeah, it was something that I'd thought about when we were doing the New Year's resolutions. Mm. And um, one of my questions, you know, like was for that, well, what did I learn from the year before, you know, last year? Because when Mm. you review, you know, what am I doing this year? What happened last year? And one of the issues that came up was, was trust. Because, and I'm not talking about individuals so much, but when I thought, well, what can I trust? Who can I trust? Well, certainly 
I don't believe we can trust ourselves <laughs> because mm. we uh, have our own issues at times, but generally we can be trustworthy. But sometimes I don't trust me. I think I'm not having a good day today. I'm not making good decisions. I'm mm. talking about that sort of thing. But when I looked at like the world at large and what's going, what did I learn about trust? Well, I learned I can't really trust the government. I can't trust the climate. Mm -hmm. I can't trust banks. (laughs) And after last week, I certainly don't trust technology. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, are you you referring to the, to the fact that we had an interview lined up last Wednesday and our power dropped out and we just couldn't? Yes, I know. Very sad. Devastating, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you trust a system. You can't trust the internet. You can't trust the electricity grid. (laughs) And, Wait, we can't trust the government, Jennifer. I've 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 put my trust in the government <laughs> Daddy, ever since Daddy. the beginning of. T- Daddy, stop <laughs> it, man! Stop stop messing with Jennifer, man. No, we. That's all right. Especially the U.S. government. Them. The U.S. government is the most trustworthy institution <laughs> on the planet. The leaders cannot be any more trustworthy than they already are. I mean, well, there so you go. Strong. That says Especially it all. president. Just so sweet. <laughs> okay. Uh, Denny, Denny's... Uh, good good <laughs> Denny's to have you, jesting, Jennifer. De- Denny's jesting aside, you know, about, like, I very much um, resonate with what you're saying. You yeah, know, particularly absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking in the political space, and we, we talk about, yeah. uh, you know, here, here, well, in the United States, have a two-party system. Here in Australia, we've basically got a two-party system. There's more well, parties. Well, we have, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah. and... What we see there is that both sides of politics make promises that, mm. uh, pro- you know, some that they we don't, don't, don't like, mm. some that we mm. do like, some that are in our mm. best interest and, and some that even might tef- tempt us to be, you know, partisan in politics. Like, oh, I should support this one mm. side, you know, mm. but we see this, that at yeah. the end of the day, they don't really have our best interests at heart. Well, I can only say all these things do upset people and Mm. a lot of my clients really struggle because they don't know who to trust, Mm. you know, and we don't either really. Mm. When you look at it, who am I going to trust when I do this? So this is look that's looking at trust at large, but on a personal level, Mm. who can you trust? And are people trustworthy? Mm. And I know the only source, the only I guess you could say, person I trust is God. Amen. That never, ever lets me down. So I've learned to put my trust in God and then look at how can I trust people, you know, people I might meet, people when I go and do something, you trust the system. Mm. When you learn it's not always trustworthy, you can adapt to it or you can make allowances or you can do something about it. Mm. But it's uh, it's a very stressful process. So, what do you? What's your experience with trust? What do you know on a personal level? Yeah, um, I would hmm. I would say that you know I I think I I as much as I feel as though I've had my trust broken in my life, you know, people mm-hmm. who haven't lived up to things that they've said or whatever, and it's been disappointing. Yep. I can also yes. very much see that I have been the perpetrator in that situation. I've broken people's trust. Um, okay. I've, yeah, I've fallen do. short. Like hmm. I, 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 I'm under no illusions that I am a, a bastion of, you know, like I've got a hundred percent record. Um, you know, I, I could see myself as a person who's trustworthy <laughs> and I think people see that too. And, uh, yes. like there are times that I fall short and I fail. Um, but yeah, and I think, but because of that very thing, you know, versus I, mm. I would say God's record who we can ultimately perfectly trust. Absolutely. And so from that, I guess my question is, Jennifer, like, Mm -hmm. how do we, 
how do we balance that space? You know, if we trust people, yes. like, and I want to be yes. able to trust people. Um, yes. By trusting people, we enable all kinds of great things to happen and take place. Um, but when people hmm. fall short of the trust that we give them and the hmm. potential, you know, the the falling out of the trauma that can come from that, like, how can we? How can we How deal can you with trust? that? Well, when I've I've learned to trust people, I've got very good friends I trust, but they make mistakes, so I make allowances. Mm. And if something happens, it's out of character. Normally they're consistent. Mm. Then I make allowances mm. and I do things like check it out. Mm. Like if they say they're going to ring and they usually do and then they don't, um, I won't go, you didn't ring me and, you know, how can I trust you? <laughs> I do. I go, well, are they okay? And I might ring and say, oh, are you okay? You're going to ring me. And say, oh, I forgot. You know, so mm. that doesn't mean they don't like you, love you, or care for you. So when you generally trust someone, you can cope or you make allowances if that trust is broken. Um, and usually it's little things that the good friends will break your trust in. But when you meet people and you don't know them and you trust them too quickly and you don't know them, that's when you're mm. in trouble. Mm. Um, so it's learning who I can trust and who I can't trust and how do we learn to trust? And I think it's important, Jennifer, um, that we ask ourselves to what degree and Mm -hmm. in what way will we trust that person? Like with what will we trust that person? You know, will I trust them to go and buy me some milk or some bread? Will I trust them with uh, matters of eternal significance like salvation and what they share with me? Will I take on board what they say through their YouTube and, um, and, and other things, or will I check it out for myself? So I think it's, you know, there are some things that, yeah, it doesn't really matter um, whether they get it right or not, but there are some things, especially in in connection with, you know, of eternal significance and salvation Mm. that you want to know for yourself. You want to go directly to the source. You do, and you want to be able to trust. And this is where the source or the truth will give you your measure of trust. Mm. And we actually observe people and have a look because it's about behaviours and actions and what they do and what they don't do. And I find, like, if you don't know someone, how am I going to trust them? Well, get to see how they treat other people. Talk to them, find out what they have to say and what they share with you about who they know and their family or whatever it is. And you can soon get a picture of how trustworthy they are. Mm. So it's I find it's getting to know someone and observe them. If you're emotionally needy, and this is where I find I have a lot of clients who have been abandoned, rejected, you know, have had problems with their life, and they tend to rush in if someone shows them some kindness and they trust them too quickly. Mm. And then they get hurt again. So this this is where teaching them about trust and how to get to know someone and observe them and are they trustworthy with their family, with their friends, with their work, before you put your trust, and that's what you were saying, Danny, about degree of trust. Mm. And uh, Mm. in in what you've just said, Jennifer, it reminds me, uh, used to be something that was shared a long time ago. I'm not sure if it's being shared these days in, in, Mm. in, in younger circles, but I remember hearing people say that you will know how that young man will treat you as your husband by you observing how that young man treats his own mother. And if he's disrespectful Mm. towards his mother, there's a good chance he's going to be disrespectful to you as his, as, 
as your future wife, mm. you know, as Absolutely. his future wife. Mm. So that that's that's exactly what you're saying, just observing mm. people yeah. and just seeing how mm. they treat other people. Because that's obviously, Absolutely. I mean, who are you going to end up as your with for life, as your life partner? That's a pretty big deal. Mm. Oh, that's a pretty is. big and deal, you, yeah. and that'll you know that'll yeah. definitely determine you know a lot of a lot of what's going to take place in your life because you're you're going to be spending the rest of your your days life so, with that person. Exactly. Absolutely. I mm. mean, I'm you know I've been there, done that. So, um, but we've got we've got young people <laughs> in our studio yes. who will remain um, nameless who are on that journey. You know, so we're hoping and praying that they take note of some of these words of wisdom, some of these. <laughs> some of these gems that are being shared. We, we don't want these gems being like, um, you know. It's powerful. Oh, I'm telling that, you. That's powerful. It is. And look, trust is something when we earn trust, I want to be trustworthy. People will see I'm trustworthy if they see that I follow through with things, mm. I do what I'm saying, I treat them kindly. Mm. You know, so our actions, as they say, will speak louder mm. than words. Amen. So yeah. if you want to be trustworthy, you have to show you're trustworthy. And I find if trust is broken, someone trusts you to do something and you haven't, you didn't realize, often we do it by default, we break trust, then we own it. Yes. And uh, seek, you know, go and apologize, you know, and I find that goes a long way. People often say, no one ever says they're sorry. You know, if I say, look, I'm sorry, I upset you or, you know, even if maybe it was their problem, but I find apologizing builds trust again, mm. if you mean it. You know, yeah. you've got, it's got to be genuine. Mm. So, uh, so this is where we can build trust and we can be trustworthy, but we also need to look at how can I trust? Because, you know, you're saying about when you're in a very close relationship, you're married or a very personal relationship, your trust is broken, it's devastating. Mm. It's not just well, it someone long, down the street. It takes mm. a long time to build up trust, but it does. trust is, uh, you know, er- eroded in, in, in moments. Mm. moments. <laughs> Absolutely. And it takes time to build it. It can be rebuilt if the other person owns what they did and is truly sorry for what they did and shows that they can be trustworthy, but it takes time. Yeah. So I think some, uh, some, it, you know, if I can summarize what we've been saying here, mm-hmm. it's being observant is like at yes. first a huge thing. Um, but also, yeah, owning and taking responsibility mm. for your actions as well. And, and I think, uh, you know, and acknowledging we, when you've gone wrong. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm, you know, putting mm. it maybe into the, the relationship context. This is maybe more of an illustration than anything else. But, uh, you, you know, when people say like, oh, I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that. Like I, I'm, I'm looking for, yes. for, for this, I'm looking for this kind of person or that kind of person. And yes. I think then, you know, if you want to make those kinds of, uh, desire, if you have those kinds of desires and you want to make those kinds of demands, you'd have to think like, oh, I'd probably need to live up to that kind of standard mm-hmm. myself, you know? Like, Absolutely. I'm it starts look- with self. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm looking for someone who is super, you know, like this or that or the other. It's like, okay, well, what are you doing in that space? And, yeah. and I think, yeah, again, it's like, oh, I'm just looking for people that I could trust. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, are you well, we, trustworthy? Yeah. We can't trust anyone fully, but there no. are people who are trustworthy and they don't deliberately break trust. They're the people that we can connect with and rely on. Mm. But I love as well that you're, the perspective that's been shared regarding you know, the building of trust again and dealing with loss of trust as well. Absolutely. You know, yeah. And I think mm. sometimes it is appropriate. There can be an action that someone can do where the, the – 
the rift is so great that's been caused. The loss is so great that, you know, yes. you, you are within your right to say, okay, I cannot fully trust this person again. And, I, you know, my mind immediately yeah. goes to, like, the adultery situation where the yes. Bible even gives and makes allowance for, for, that. Yeah. for divorce because yes. because of that breaking of trust. But, Broken trust, You know, yes. we see mm-hmm. in, in, I would say, lesser situations, um, we can work to rebuild trust. Oh, we can. Um, and even when it's really broken at a deeper level, I've worked with people and I've been through that where you can rebuild trust if you get to see the other person is genuinely sorrowful for yeah. what they've done and are doing everything to get it right. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning, getting into trust. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank you. yeah, how we're thinking, what we're doing and how it benefits us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.